Hello, everybody. Welcome to Crypto Cronies, the crypto podcast where we talk about crypto for average Joes. This is episode four. This is your host, Jonathan Downing, with your host, Trey Sarmento, Alex Barger, and Chris Wavra. Um, today... We can really tell that you've been uh, practicing that radio voice. I like it. It's like oh, yeah. smooth jazz needs to be Just played before. in the background. Seasoned veteran now. I got my Christmas tree next to me, a warm cup of coffee, and uh, some <laughs> snow lightly falling outside of the window. Some ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> today we have a couple topics we want to talk about. Um, in the last episode, uh, Trace Armento was not available. He was in Nicaragua. We, you know, right before we started recording, he popped in on the Discord call and... We all got to see he was surrounded by palm trees, pools, and lizards. Uh, he rode horses exotic. and drank mango smoothies all day and ate only vegan food to come back to America and eat a plate of chicken strips and almost die. <laughs> yeah, you, you summed it up pretty well. Um, we did uh, make a stop because we had to drive from Miami back to Tampa, and it's like a four-hour drive. After a long day of travel, we're all hungry, and we... Uh, Decided to stop at a Zaxby's. First time ever having Zaxby's. Probably the last. Um, very rough on the stomach after going vegan for five days. So that was interesting. Um, crazy how your body says stuff to you like that. But uh, Nicaragua was amazing overall. Really good experience besides the corrupt, uh, sad excuse of an air airport. Um, ended up taking my camera and... Uh, had to leave it there in customs because they like I think assumed the cost of it was over X amount and then I had to pay import tax or whatever that case may be I also was told it might be because of the overall corruption in Nicaragua and just um, how they don't want photographers coming to the country to document the corruption essentially or just uh, document the wrong thing I guess so uh had to leave my camera and all my stuff in customs in this super small airport where no one spoke english and like the language barrier was pretty tough i'm like muy pequeño uh espanol so it was pretty hard to navigate but thankfully i got it back at the end of the trip when i was leaving um yeah it was it was a lot but in between all of that nightmare it was a great time lots of yoga lots of surfing lots of horseback riding saved some sea turtles Saw that very yeah yeah welcome back to reality yeah back to uh (laughs) gray michigan it's when we were flying in yesterday we were literally passing through three layers of gray uh (laughs) clouds it was like oh this is where you get that authentic michigan gray from so check it out pale white it white as hell i actually got a little bit of color there you go (laughs) Um, other than that, what else has everybody been doing, Al? You, uh, you still in daddy mode? Daddy mode. Uh, yeah. Just adjusting to to life with a human relying upon me. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's pretty much takes up all the time. <laughs> that and then just, uh, running the business. Just... We've been getting some DMZ in, some Warzone. And finding some time late at night, get some gaming in. Nice. Chris, anything you? Um, 
No, we got about two inches on the ground right now of snow, so that's nice. Um, I hopped down to Arizona for the weekend, saw my sister. That was good. Uh, How's the weather down there right now? Well, so funny thing is it rained the entire time I was there. Damn. Like, it doesn't rain very often. Um, And usually when it rains, it's like a big storm, thunderstorm quick, a couple hours and it's done. But it just constantly rained. For like 24 hours and then it actually rained the last time i was there too so jeez i know the rain bring all the dads rain. are standing yeah, outside of their back maker. porch looking up in the sky going we needed this beth we needed <laughs> yeah. this let me tell you how yeah. much we needed this <clears throat> but okay yeah. um it's a funny it's interesting trey that you talked about the nightmares of um going in and out of customs at nicaragua um does anybody know anything about the government down there when it comes to like um, how the economy is run? Yeah, who's a Nicaragua government expert here? Who's the... I mean, from I'm not an expert by any means, but basically it's this one family that is just basically dictating the whole country, and he just keeps bringing like his son into office and just kind of that whole thing. And um, before he was in office, I guess the president before him, like everybody loved and was like really good in that sense but uh ever since he's been in office which has been i think like 40 years now it's kind of gone a little bit downhill but don't quote me on any of those facts i might be butchering those numbers um but yeah i think there's like a lot of ties with russia that that president has i'm not too sure um but a lot of dictatorship and uh messiness in that sense it's it's wild because uh nicaragua is actually a democracy that's what interesting it is, yeah. in, on Which, paper mm-hmm. yeah i mean technically the u.s is a constitutional republic mm. okay so the only reason i really asked about um if there was any corruption going down there is because it, on the last episode we had talked about decentralization and like the true power of a decentralized currency and obviously bitcoin is one of them and there's many others but um the specialty and you know the expertise of Alex and Chris really come in Bitcoin and how to harvest them and how to mine them. So um, in today's episode, we're also going to be talking about um, how that's actually done. So Chris and Al, if you guys can kind of in in earlier episodes in episode one, we had talked about what you guys actually do. So I think it'd be kind of cool to recap not only what you guys do, but how you got there in the first place too. Like I remember Al when you started your business. <laughs> It was about, you know, selling individual or what was it? It was it was you holding them and mining for other people. But now you actually just sell miners, if I'm correct. So we we uh, we manage miners for people. So we sell and host um, with one of our uh, hosting facility partners, um, people's ASIC. So if uh, similar, I guess it's uh, similar to what Chris does as well. I guess it's exactly what Chris does as well. So basically, we, we John and T-Bone are, are here interested in mining. Uh, you give us a budget, or if you have something specific in mind, um, then let us know. Then we go grab prices for you and um, pair it up with whichever hosting facility it's going to be sent to and um, set it up, manage it, fix it if it breaks, and you receive your payment. Mm-hmm. So you guys are basically mining consultants and managers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking the headache out of mining. 
crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just make it easy for people to get in. Because yeah. there's so many connections you have to make and you don't know if people are legit, especially in this industry. And so having that those connections is uh, very valuable. So mm-hmm. it's funny because back in the day, I remember, you know, especially Trey in the video program at WCC, our friends were getting these strong computers and they were just, you know, there to for video editing. And I'd say this is like in 20, like 17, 2018. And people had always, you know, in the background kind of been like, whoa, this computer is strong enough to mine. Or like, yo, do you think my computer could mine right now? And people would always talk about how like, oh, I've got this computer at my house. It's just dedicated to mining. Like I, I probably heard sentences like that a hundred times, but mm-hmm. it seems like, that whole entire system is basically dead if i'm correct because you know people would come to you guys because everything's been streamlined and it's a lot more efficient and cost efficient to actually purchase miners and um be part of a pool yeah it's more so that that mining is dead because um the way that the network is designed is um that the computing power the computers are get stronger and stronger over time so when you first started um, you could you could mine Bitcoin with like a little CPU, a little uh, processing chip in your computer. And as more people joined it um, or mined with their with their CPUs, um, people then started using their graphics cards, which are much more much more powerful uh, to mine. And so it's just as it's it's a way to get a kind of a competitive advantage by having the the latest and greatest um, technological equipment to to be able to mine. Um, and Which so during COVID, yeah. So like, yeah, a lot of people during COVID were buying uh, graphics cards to mine mm-hmm. with Ethereum. And so, and if you take a step back, um, so the whole way that you get rewarded is um, there's you know Bitcoin specifically. There's a 64 hexadecimal hash code that all these hold miners. On. Hold on, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take it even a step further back. Okay. Chris, talk about an ASIC miner and like what yeah. this stuff even is, and like when you're mining for Bitcoin. Like, I know how it is that there's an algorithm that this dude invented and like basically all these computers are chasing it. And it's just like these exponentially more difficult math equations, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. So these exponentially more difficult math equations. And once you solve that and get a piece of the get a piece of coin, it becomes harder. So the computer basically has to go at it again. It only gets harder after. Well, the difficulty will increase as more machines come online, more computers are added to the network. Mm -hmm. Um, And it'll also become more difficult during the halving period. So every four years, there's the Bitcoin halving. Mm -hmm. It um, decreases the amount of Bitcoin released into the network, which Mm -hmm. inevitably causes um, the difficulty. The best way to to think about it is, so it's, it's literally 64 digits, the first miner to pick to, to guess which what the correct digits are, they get rewarded the crypto. Mm-hmm. And so the, the more powerful the computer, the more guesses your computer gets. Mm-hmm. So the so for going back to example, the CPU say it can only do one guess an hour. And this is all just theoretical, hypothetical. CPU gets one guess an hour. Your GPU gets ten guesses an hour. And then and that's the just based on the gets pure power hundred of the guesses computer. an hour. Exactly. So right. the more powerful the computer, the more the higher likelihood of getting a reward. Because you're probably and so yeah. they're gonna keep Yep. and so that's all they're doing is just guessing a, a 64 digit code yeah and asic Whoa. is just like a mm-hmm. industrial overpowered computer 
Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all it is. It produces is a lot of heat. Is a name brand, or is that just kind of the term for the machine itself, like a skateboard versus an element? It's it's, it's an acronym. Computer. Yeah. It's an acronym. Yeah. Do you know what the acronym is off the top of your head? Application-specific integrated circuit. Yeah. Whoa. So basically, it's a, imagine it's like a calculator that can only do one thing. Like, it can only do addition, but it can do addition really well. And then a different cryptocurrency miner that does a different algorithm can only do that specific program, but does it really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's like the Rick and Morty, like, what is my purpose? Like, it's you to serve butter or whatever. Yeah. So do different cryptocurrencies have different algorithms going on? Like, I know, obviously, like, if you're mining for Bitcoin, can that ASIC also go for Ethereum? Like if it's in a different separate, if it's in a separate network or do you have to like reprogram it? Like what's, are they both doing the same thing? Is it at both 64 digits? No, no, it's not. And you wouldn't be able to reprogram it either. Um, mm. Unless you're just like a genius to know how to like switch a bunch of chips around or mm. I don't, I don't even know how that would work, but I have no idea. Yeah. Um, no, they're all, they're all, pretty different and your specific ASIC can only mine to that specific algorithm. So like if I have a Bitcoin miner and, you know, Ethereum used to have miners, um, they wouldn't be able to go to the same network. Mm. Does Ethereum and the reason and the reason because Ethereum isn't mining anymore is because all of the Ethereum has been mined, correct? Uh, they switched the protocol. Okay. So they just switched it from being a, so when you mine, we talk to these computers, you're dedicating um, resource to it's uh, it's proof of work. So they s- switched from proof of work to proof of stake, um, which is much less energy intensive. And it's a lot more centralized as well. And True. is that the switch that like the big switch to Ethereum too? Is that what the switch to proof of stake essentially is? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So a lot just of people for, who had Ethereum farms um, yeah. kind of got screwed. Yeah. But so what's to stop something like that from happening to Bitcoin? Completely. Because going back to our last episode, Bitcoin is truly decentralized, and not. Yeah. And so basically, the people who made the decision to make a proof of stake were the creators of Ethereum and the company that's overseeing it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if, if if this topic is kind of coming to an end, I would love to learn more about like what proof of stake essentially means and like what that whole switch is essentially. Because you said it's Bitcoin is decentralized, but then Ethereum too. You kind of just made it sound like it's not anymore because of the switch. So I don't think it's coming to an end, but yes, I do agree with Trey. I would like to know more about proof of stake. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's all right. So proof, proof of stake, the difference between proof of work and proof of stake, proof of work, you're, you're dedicating real life energy and resources and computing equipment to helping run this, uh, protocol, this network, and you're being rewarded to, and then, um, it's a, easy answer to, well, what does Bitcoin get its value from? Or where do these coins get their value from? Well, there's real assets being dedicated to helping run its its network. Um, but it does require, you know, 
real life uh, materials and, and energy. Whereas proof of stake um, is a way for people who own the crypto to own the network and get rewarded for doing so. So in order to um, set up a, a proof of stake is like a bank account. You put your crypto in and you get an interest rate return on the crypto for for staking it. And um, basically the validator, it randomly assigns rewards to whoever is staking. And that's, that's where the interest comes from. And, and uh, we did touch on this actually, and I think the very first episode, um, when we kind of were going over what staking was, so just kind of yeah. throwing it out there for the viewers that might not understand fully understand. So great, great explanation. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. So then like tell us more about the ins and outs of of the mining business um i know alex you went recently to a convention in miami where they had like showed all the newest tech that's coming out when it comes to mining am i correct oh yeah i mean chris me and chris got to hang out and oh, see BTC all the cool 22? stuff yeah yeah irl yeah. baby it was yeah was so time. back in april uh yeah just just two two young guns two young titans of the industry just being friends walking around learning all the new tech me and chris mm -hmm. um yeah no it was cool like a, everything from immersion mining where you dip it in, in mineral oil to seeing these crazy big uh shipping containers that have been upfitted with all this hydro cooled equipment um it's a lot of smart people putting their brains to work <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. and really cool to see what they, they come up with. It's, 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 yeah, it's mind blowing at times. And these are all ASIC computers for ASIC mining. Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So how would you say that the, the industry like in mining has changed in the past, like five years, like what has it changed in the past five years or has it been like, you know, like a 10 year switch or what's up? Like when you went there, was there anything that you saw that was completely different than what it has been before, other than the fact that computers are just cooling faster or there's more of them. All right, Chris, Chris might know better than I would. Um, um, I guess the infrastructure with like uh, the containerized systems for ASICs to be placed in, like the, um, yeah, I don't know what you call them, mining containers. Mm -hmm. They've gotten a lot better. Uh, a lot of the you know, electrical now is all UL certified. Um, and so that's cool to see uh, the ASICs, you know, they've just become tanks now. They used to be, you know, these little, probably this big and now they're this big type of thing. Um, they're bigger than a PS5. That's what I noticed last time I saw oh, one. They, I was like, they cost shit. more than one too. <laughs> that thing yeah. is huge. Yeah. yeah. And you can do um, way less with it than a PS5. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the immersion tech has been pretty cool to see. Um, dipping electronics in dielectric fluid mm -hmm. to allow for cooling, overclocking um, has been really a game changer for mining. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot better. You can pretty much mine wherever now. Like as long as you have an enclosed structure, you can put this immersion fluid with the ASICs in it, and you don't have to worry about snow or rain or dust whatever getting in your filters because everything's enclosed so that's been um pretty cool to see as well 
So basically what I'm hearing is that the technology is the, like the hardware is what's changing. Like everything from like how to mine the Bitcoin and um, like the route to get there from A to B has basically been the same for a while now. But the things that are changing are just like hardwares of better computers, like more like systems to integrate to keep them cool and to <clears throat> move faster and to use more of them with less energy and just have everything become more efficient. Yeah. The network Lots itself of... hasn't changed. Correct. Has mm -hmm. the speed in which you can solve the equation increased over the years? I mean, like substantially or not using these ASICs or has it kind of been like benchmarked? It's it benchmarks itself. It's like a self-correcting network. So as it's it's around always around the 10 minute mark. And yeah. so as the computers get more powerful, there's more people putting those computers online. And so the the network difficulty is inc is increasing in line. The network adjusts. Yeah. It makes it more difficult. Well, so that there's that. still 10 minute blocks. Interesting. So the threshold of like how difficult it is for a computer to obtain the Bitcoin, no matter how nice the computer is, will still remain the same because the network itself purposefully adjusts to make sure that the algorithm is going to be more or less difficult depending on the overall market of like how fast all these computers are moving. Uh, sorry, what was the first part of the question? Yes. So, so basically, like, no matter how difficult these, um, I'm sorry, no matter how high quality or powerful these computers are that are, you know, ASIC miners, you know, like when the M1 chip came out for video editing with Mac and the M2s, like that totally changed the game because people could just move faster. But what you're saying is, is if new technology comes out and these computers get more powerful, it won't really matter because the the algorithm itself is going to like keep the difficulty the same. That's so not necessarily stop. true yeah. because the network just wants the 10 minute blocks. Okay. So if the difficulty decreases and your machine's high powered, it's going to do better. Mm -hmm. um, but say like, say we all have machines online, right? There's four of us and the network difficulties, you know, a high rate. Um, say you two drop offline or two people drop offline and then there's only two left. Um, the network's gonna adjust and then we're gonna do better because you guys are um, now offline. I don't know. It's gonna adjust so that there's still those 10 minute blocks. Let's I don't know if I explained that very well, but it's just, it's not, yeah, sorry. Yeah, basically my question is is um for like just like I had reference with app with Apple M1 and M2. Like people were very stoked because that increased efficiency with certain softwares a lot. So if there were to be some sort of technological breakthrough where these graphics cards and just everything else is just, you know, really beefed up, will the Bitcoin mining just continue to increase faster and faster? Yeah, I mean it's limited by you know production and resources um, and technological innovation. Yeah, um, and also on top I'm, of that, I'm basically like actual, talking about the innovation. Yeah, um, I mean it's going to continue to be on an upward trend uh, of efficiency and computing power. Um, and I think where this whole question kind of stemmed from is because you guys talked about how you saw a lot of like the actual hardware being advanced on how like the shipping containers or how they're actually cooled. But at that convention, you're not necessarily seeing like 
brand new tech on like how these machines actually solve these equations faster. Like there wasn't like a new V2 like ASIC machine, for instance. No, I mean they'll every every manufacturer will like advertise like whatever new model they're coming out with, but I will say the one innovation that I that was new was the ability to each of these computers these uh, they have hydro models out now, and you can plug these little uh, water tubes into the ASIC, and it'll water cool it, and then have an exhaust port for the water to go get cooled at. Um, and so basically, the whole point of this is if if you can lower the temperature, if you get get the keep the machine cool you'll be able to push it harder and get a higher reward. And so and this that... whole tech has been around with like gaming computers and stuff for a while with like liquid yeah. cooled even. Exactly. So, I mean it's the same thing of like cooler components will in result have you run a smoother and faster machine. So Exactly. And they're just trying to find there's developing ways to do it like on a massive scale. Um mm -hmm. yeah. So when you guys when you guys are um you know talking to a client, <clears throat> someone comes forward and says, "Hey, I've got $50,000 and you know, they go to Chris and say, what can you give me for $50,000? And they go to Hyrule and they say, what can you give me for $50,000? What type of, um, like what type of elements or like, what are the factors of, of that? Depending on whether you're going to be mining in South Dakota or, you know, wherever you mine Al or where, like how, how does this all work? Um, I mean, if somebody comes and they want to get into mining, usually I'll be like, okay, so what, what coin are you thinking of mining? Are you going for like just straight profits or, um, like, are you just trying to get the best machine in the market or are you thinking long-term? Usually it, most people are thinking long-term. And so I'm like, okay, Bitcoin's probably your number one bet. Do you mine um, other coins than just Bitcoin? Yeah, we mine Cadena and we don't like mine Litecoin. Litecoin right now, but our oh. clients do. Um, so there's, I would say 98% is Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you know, 95%. Um, but yeah, they come to us with that amount. I'll say probably Bitcoin, point them in the direction of the two best models. Um, just because, you know, the top notch model is going to have a premium, right? It's going to mm -hmm. be quite a bit more expensive than it probably should be. Um, but it's because it has a longer lifespan because it'll be able to withstand bear markets and it's a lot more energy efficient, stuff like that. So I'll promote two different models, usually that uh, S19-110 and the S19-XP, um, which is 141 terahash. The 110 is how many terahashes it can mine. Um, mm -hmm. And from there, I'll be like, okay, so we have a couple of different hosting options that you can get involved in. Um, we provide flare gas hosting, which is completely off grid. Uh, we consume, um, you know, methane that's being burned off at, at a flare, run it through a generator. Um, and we'll talk then, more about that flare gas. Cause I really want yeah, to dive deep into that. It then releases carbon instead of methane and, um, we power all the equipment with it. Mm -hmm. And so people really like that off grid aspect because you're not, you know, subject to energy price fluctuation. Uh, like we've seen in the last year. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so we have that option or there's other options. There's a you know facility in Washington that's hydropowered. Um, there's, you know, other on-grid facilities all over the U.S. Uh, it's just really comes down to what's your price point. So like the amount you want to put into the ASICs and then how much you want to 
pay in electric. So like different facilities have different electric rates. Um, and that ultimately will cut into your profitability. Um, mm. But there's ups and downs. Like if you're not on a hydro or flare gas facility, you have the risk of, you know, being shut down or not being green and legislation coming after you someday. It's like there's a, still a lot of risk in the market. Um, and so it's just delegating that risk uh, accordingly. Is there any mm -hmm. like for the for an individual that let's say I want to purchase a miner from you and I want to use the fossil fuel or the um, green approach to it um, using the methane? Is there any tax incentive for me to go green in that sense or no? No, that, that goes directly to um, the operator usually. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. I was just wondering if that was another reason or incentive to go green with it, you know, cause I know there's stuff like when you buy a Tesla, depending on where you live, you can get mm. returns and stuff in right. that sense. So, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure. Maybe at a larger scale, you're able to like work with your accountants or whatever and be like, okay, so we're green. This part of our portfolio, maybe for investors, um, you know, it's beneficial, but, uh, yeah, for tax write-offs. Yeah, there's, like there's nothing like directly like, oh, I no. bought energy credit, but gotcha. you can, you can, like Chris was saying, get like an investment portfolio or if you were running like a hedge fund, a renewable <clears throat> energy hedge fund, you could like, finagle it. And be like, we're this percent green or yeah, something. Exactly. You yeah. know? And that would be, I guess, a tax incentive, um, mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. But I would say nothing at like the retail investor level. Hmm. Gotcha. And so, Al, how does your company differ when it comes to mining approaches when a client comes forward and asks those questions? So our difference is, so we actually, so um, we don't make any money off the sale of the equipment or the electric rate. Um, so we, we do a profit share with our clients and we all, so that way we take care of um, any repairs or maintenance costs mm -hmm. as well. But pretty similar to what Chris was saying, if, if somebody came with me, to me, it was like $50,000, um, you know, I would say, you know, what's your risk appetite or is there, you just looking at my Bitcoin. Um, and usually it's, it's people just looking to mine Bitcoin, um, unless they saw some YouTube video of Kadena or some other, you know, like if they love Litecoin or Dogecoin and, more. And your risk appetite really. would just be like how many different, like the differentiations of of your portfolio you want correct well so so when we talk risk appetite with mining um bitcoin is less risky because it has a longer projected like uh, i guess longer longevity um it has a higher chance of being around there's uh, there's a ton of coins like so so cadena is still in like the the perspective phase where um you know it could be around it couldn't um and so there's a higher risk to the miners are just going in the dumps. Um, I shouldn't have used Kadena as an example because I don't believe that. Um, sorry, <laughs> Dashcoin, Dash. There's a, there's a crypto called Dash, and they have um, Bitcoin miners, ASIC miners, and the the coin is just tanking. It's it's been tanking for like six years, seven years, but they still make these ASICs. <clears throat> so that'd be a, a riskier thing. Is if you you know the ASICs are cheaper, but um, you have a higher chance of, of losing, losing your investment, um, yeah. due to unprofitability. But on the flip side, if all of a sudden dash is amazing, then 
everything you mine just goes to the moon. So right. high risk, high reward. It's like, and that's not even the case really with dash. Cause that's not, you know, it's just the reward really isn't there. It's just, yeah. which coins do you think are going to have mass adoption? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, everybody knows about Bitcoin for the most part. Okay. That's not true, but a lot more people know about Bitcoin than anything else. And so like, you got to think same with on. investing in these coins too. I mean, you know, your big three or big two of like Ethereum and Bitcoin, but then you have all these smaller coins to where, yeah, they might be cheaper and you might get them for a dollar a coin, but it's risk versus reward is just bigger on those smaller ones. So, yeah. And Alex, when, when you guys, when you're setting up um, your accounts with your clients, what exactly on your end do you have to do in the long term with these machines other than just set them up in a facility? Oh man, I wish it was that easy. Uh, it's uh Cause it's I know you guys are watching them. Yeah. So, so for example, like the firmware on the miners could change or need upgraded, um, which is more so for, I've seen with like altcoin miners. Um, do you have you like an IT firmware. division for that? Or do you just like do it with the click the of a button? Division. It, um, pretty simple. Yeah, it, it, it's simple. You, sh you can do it remotely. So a lot of the stuff you can do, uh, I can do from just one spot here um, and don't need to be on site. Um, but, if, you know, something, a lot of these miners, you know, they're expensive, but like they just go offline or get turned off. You just need to reboot them or it, it's a lot of babysitting and, and making sure that things are running the way they should and kind of being proactive and catching things because you can see the heat temperatures on on, on the mm -hmm. miners from where men so we say hey this one's heating up i think a couple fans are out and you want to catch that early because um that could have a big impact <clears throat> on um the useful life of the machine later on um, mm -hmm. because if a few machines go down then everything just slowly starts to become underpowered just on that specific minor machine okay so like if it's yeah, it's not running in ideal conditions or temperatures. Mm -hmm. It'll increase the wear and tear of it. Is there, I mean, with fans going out and stuff, I mean, that ultimately means things are getting hot. Is there, like, a safety risk involved with this? Or, like, has there been cases to where things get so hot to where, like, my, mining farms are burning down? Or is that, like, not so much a thing? It's happened. I read yeah. something, like, a couple years in, ago. In Grand Forks. Like a, there's that one that it? burned. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like where I'm at, it's a town of 80,000 people, you know, it's, uh, um, there's a farm, I believe some of the equipment was on wood and not metal and it got too hot. And, uh, I mean, the machines run at like 75 Celsius, you know, they can get up to 85, Yeah. you know, Jesus before Christ. they turn off even 90. And so, um, you know, you're boiling pot. Yeah, and you're consuming a ton of power. So if, you know, something goes out, sparks, like you yeah. want to have a lot of, um, yeah, you don't want to be using wood. That's I was going to say, I feel like the only things that would cause something like that is just shoddy infrastructure when it comes to like something arcing to something else or like, you know, like I feel like you would, like just me, I would probably want to have my miners a little spaced out just a little Oof. bit. So like, you know, if one catches up, then you don't want it to like go to another yeah. one or like if there's just a little like that's it. it that's it it's just a little and it's not like a chain reaction so to say 
shelf yeah. space is way too valuable to space them out. Yeah. Right. Really? And then, oh God. Yeah. You gotta, they're like, they're like touching. Really? It's, and a lot of the faultiness is the, the power supply units are absolutely garbage. Um, like there's like a 25 to 30% defect rate in the actual power supply units themselves, which is that's the, bad. Wow. That's really bad. It's Holy awful. shit. Like, like Chris, how many like PSUs have you had to replace? Um, I mean, like none, not, not like a batch. Yeah, not a ton. Are these all coming from China? Everything's built in China right now. Yeah. Interesting. Because, yeah. like, I know I mean, what we were talking about with, like, how they're getting bought up immediately from the factories on a past episode and then getting resold to people like yeah. Alex and Chris. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's, like, a huge thing in the e-bike world where um, every component that goes into your electric bicycle, you have to make sure that it's american made high quality and it's run the standards everybody's like oh well i just built this e-bike blah, blah 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 amazon it's like dude that's gonna burn your fucking house down <laughs> like every time you turn it on you could like spark or the cells could explode or yeah. you know just terrible things you know you see the videos all the time of some dude's vape exploding in his pocket and giving him third degree burns all over his leg so i would assume that like you would want that type of stuff for you know bitcoin mining but um i'm just surprised that that's not necessarily the case if everything's, you know, just made over there, like power supply units, that's like the most important. Like if every time I plugged in my e-bike, there was a 25% chance that it could go down and maybe create some sort of fire or something like that. Like that would scare the shit out of me. I wouldn't even have it in my house. It's so the machines like do have like an internal. Yeah. So the, the machines do have an internal mechanism where if they do get too hot, they turn themselves off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is like a, that safety feature um, outside of like, I, I've never heard of any other, facilities were like burning down or anything um mm. but yeah, i did hear about the one chris was talking about yeah so this is pretty crazy they pretty much just picked up and left when that happened some billionaires mm. from china I, okay i was about to say were they from a different country because i yeah yeah and that that hindered our ability to get any sort of um backing by an electrical company here because we're like hey we're local guys could we just you know get a little bit of power blah 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 and like we called around the whole state of North Dakota and people red like, flags everywhere. Not touching it, not touching it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well that was two, three years puts ago. A, puts a bad name for or bad yeah. rap for miners at that point. Yeah. And now with all these companies going under, like there's a farm in Grand Forks, 125 megawatts, core scientifics, and huh. How much they're about it? to go bankrupt. How much is it? Yeah. How much is right. it? Can we pitch in? Yeah. Okay. Buy the, buy the power. I don't know. Yeah. They um, just, you know, built out. I, I don't think they're fully running, but they started building like two years ago. And these places also probably, if I'm correct, probably have some pretty high end security because you don't want somebody just kicking in some doors and ripping miners out of the wall. Right. It Some some locations won't even tell you where they are specifically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of you like, there was a couple of sites that I, I'm not even, I am. I think one person from our company is allowed to go to the facility itself, but only one. Like it's, it's not it's, you. It, yeah, it's me, but yeah. He knows. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. But it's no, I mean, it, yeah, the security is no joke. Some of them don't even like, like, like remote in to your miners. Some of them yeah, don't give you remote access. True. And that's because, like, and that's because I, they just don't want anybody being able to like, you know, figure out where it is through malware on your computer or something, right? Or you can infect all the 
all the miners on there. Oh, that happened to Chris, didn't something like that? Do we have to talk? Dun, dun, no, dun. It, it wasn't like part of our our yeah. equipment, uh, like any of our clients, whatever. We bought L3s. Um, L3s had this huge virus that went around um, because any L3 that had the virus on the network would spread it to the rest of them through the network. Some genius invented it to um, hack them and mine to his account. Yeah. And so we had some clients that had, like people had reached out to us and were like, hey, I got this virus, blah, blah, blah. What do I do? And so I worked with, a guy in Chicago and we, you know, I posted a video on how to kind of get rid of it. Um, but we ended up buying, I think like 30 L threes from a guy who had all, um, all of them had a virus and we were able to, you know, wipe them and use them. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely can happen. Mm -hmm. Mm. So let's back it up even farther. Yeah. These facilities, who are controlling them? Because Alex, who do you call to say, hey, can we mine here? Is it an electrical company? Is it an actual company? Or is it just some dude who owns a building? It's definitely not just a dude that owns a building, but uh, that I felt like one of our facilities was like that. And Chris <laughs> knows them. Um, it's, uh, the site is, so we- you're paying, You're basically just paying rent there, right? Rent and power? Yeah, like they have varying fees depending on the facility. So basically, it's it's somebody who knows a. Do they know what they're doing? Like, are they are they did their certification know how to fix miners? Because you know, time is money if they're offline. Um, so do they know what they're doing? Is it like a legitimate setup? Uh, setup? Um, what's the electric rate? Which state are they in? Um, and you know what what does the facility look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and these facilities vary from like, like you said, the dude in the warehouse who might not only be the landlord, but a repairman versus, Hey, we're a, an elite service with a security team and it team that's on site and on call. And like, everything's running through these coolers and there's security cameras that you can watch on the inside at the, like at your leisure. Like how, how, how upscale do these things get? Exactly what you imagine. Mm-hmm. So basically I think what it'd I just be said. pretty crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely crazy. Massive, massive, mm-hmm. massive data farms. Like just yeah. Like 100, 200 megawatts. It's like I mean, it's kind of hard to visualize, but mm-hmm. it's huge. My brain thinks of it it would represent it it would represent itself in the same way that marijuana grow ops slowly represented themselves in Michigan, where like you see these huge buildings and there's no labels or logos anywhere and no one knows what goes on inside. And you only know that it's a marijuana grow up because there's like a hundred air conditioned units on outside. And you're like, why does that building need a hundred plus air conditioning units? Um, so like these facilities probably have no advertising whatsoever for them. If I'm correct. Imagine like a small city. Yeah. Like these are like small town looking like massive acreage some of them have their own wind like they farms, have their own substations their own, yeah, yeah like i'm talking like whoa these are so it's even more much intense. bigger than you're thinking can yeah. you give me like, a name of one so i can google it and see uh, uh google the riot blockchain winestone facility riot blockchain mm-hmm. yeah go, go take a look at that one the riot blockchain what facility winestone things with the 
And uh, John was nice enough to post a picture right here for everybody viewing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have fun with that post uh, post editing. Well, I'm just gonna mark it. Hey, where'd you go? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> that does look pretty big. Yeah, that looks just like a giant warehouse. Did you Google the whole thing? Mm-hmm. And then what you don't see is, is farther out where they have all the solar panels and wind turbines. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like Area 51. It's They're massive. Yeah. And, like, just think of a bull market. Like... That's why they up the security so much. Is be like right now, nobody really cares, right? There's a bunch of equipment laying around because people are going under. They're not profitable, whatever. In a couple of years, when everything goes back up, it's going to be, you know, you got to have your security in place. Hmm. Mm hmm. I can imagine that, like during COVID, when nobody was doing anything and crypto prices were through the roof some people were probably planning some heists of sorts there was two uh uh trucks hijacked in california they had fast like, on the furious shit a couple million dollars worth of bitcoin equipment like miners and stuff they were <laughs> stolen wow crazy and that was like peak you know they were probably it's like $65,000 Bitcoin or something like that. The good days. Those are the days. We'll get hmm. there. Those were the days. We'll be back there in no time. I was going to say those days will return. Um, that's nuts, Alex. That picture you just sent with all those cooling fans. That reminds yeah, when you talk about the air conditioner on the outside, like that's, yeah. Hmm. So how many other facilities are like that around here? A lot. Feel it's like a lot more than you think. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like they're protected by like um, black water security, like private mercenaries or something like that. It's not <laughs> just your average like guy driving around in a Ford Escape with an orange light on top and the side that says like 88 security. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely not the, was it the Garda security company? Yeah, just so. like that where the guy's just in the parking lot like sleeping or on his phone or something. Yeah, yeah. Call the police. <laughs> no, uh, these this. I mean, this company specifically can definitely uh, leap for a much higher cost of security. Yeah, mm, and that's obviously something that you look for. Like what? Like so, this place. Um, I already forgot the name, and I closed Riot. my tab. Yeah, Riot. <laughs> so, you guys call them and see what's up. So they, so we met somebody at the conference that's from Riot that said that they host external equipment, which may be the case, but um, so we partner with some companies that are similar to Riot that will let us, mm -hmm. that will host our equipment for us. Riot's mainly, they mainly mine for themselves. Yeah, they, they just oh, mine for themselves. They're, they're a publicly traded company. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes they sense. go to investors, say, buy the fuck that? set everything up, and mine for, yeah. for them. Oh, okay. Interesting. So they're not there hosting other people. They're not there hosting Hyrule or they're not hosting no. Musk. Right. Interesting. Right. Okay. So who's the golden egg for you guys? Like, who do you go after? Who's everybody trying to get in there? Because they've got the lowest rates, highest security, that perfect sweet spot. You're describing Iceland, which is yeah. unobtainable. All geothermal. It's all, all geothermal. Whoever's already lived there 
as like mm-hmm. first dibs or whoever mm-hmm. signed a yeah. large contract. Cool climate. Yeah, that's perfect. There's company, spot. Yeah, there's a company called Genesis Mining that's up there. Mm. Um, and that's run by an Icelandic resident. It's his. It's a CEO. His name is Marcus Strong. Um, and he was also founder of the company. But yeah, that's they built their own geothermal plant to be. It able says to that it's also cloud based. So yeah, so they offer cloud mining, which means you can go on and buy a certain level of hash rate or computing power, but you don't know which miner it's tied to or. Um, where it's coming from it's it's that specifically is a hotbed for money laundering um i was about to say that sounds kind of sketchy yeah so uh i know when we were setting up accounts or applying to get on like in banks or platforms if we did cloud mining we were automatically uh declined Mm. just because it is such a money laundering risk yeah because basically you just get a bunch of money and then like every now and then just kind of have i hash power and then yeah yeah and then just kind of update them this is so much you have thanks for the money i don't know if genesis mining is still doing i know they've been out of stock of their cloud mining service for a while um so they may okay. just be mining for themselves yeah because i was going to say that the if you google genesis mining the first thing that comes up with like their name is genesis mining largest cloud-based bitcoin mining company mm-hmm. i believe i mean we offer hosting um we have a few megawatts uh but currently full ish. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know if you're trying to go on grid. I don't even want to say. <laughs> you, they have such a bad rep. Oh yeah. Compass has a really bad rep. <laughs> oh god. But they uh, yeah, they were like the number one go to best rates, but they were in Russia. All that equipment got seized. Um, All right, no. We did a lot of ex-Compass. So do we. Yeah. Compass will change. They they had like a two-day window or like a week for these people to change their contracts. Otherwise, they're locked into a fluctuating rate for Mm -hmm. like another year. It's like, oh, You miss that email, then you're just fucked. Yeah, you're screwed. (laughs) Part of my French. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Jeez. So there's a, some other companies coming up. Um, we also send clients to BitCap. They're out of Washington. Um, and then there's some other facilities we've been working with that want to start allowing hosting. They started with personal and they want to start hosting. So we'll probably just send clients there and manage kind of like how Alex does. But mm-hmm. um, hmm. yeah. Well, hell yeah. So we know that it's in Iceland and um, I'm surprised that I haven't heard of any of these facilities in Michigan because Michigan's cold. There's some, yeah, there's some facilities in Michigan. I think uh, to the upper peninsula. I'd say that's going to be your, your hot spot because it's cheap property and mm-hmm. really cold. You got to have a lot of power. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing yeah. power out there is going to be a, <laughs> if there's some pipeline five shut down, then I'm down, but that's yeah. just my that's my personal political belief. Yeah. Um, it says, in fact, Michigan is now home to some of the biggest Bitcoin mining operations in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Bitmain's Antminer S9 facility is said to be the largest Bitcoin Oof. mining farm in North America. Tough. It's clear that Michigan is Chris now playing. Those, huh? those miners are all dead. Those miners they, are all they dead. They definitely turned it off. 
they turn that facility off. <laughs> Unless they have like negative electric rate. Yeah. You see why? Why is that? Posted. Yeah, the S nine was like one of the first basic <clears throat> miners. It's like really, oh, really old. Gotcha. It, it, so it's just like not sucking power. Right Super yeah. outdated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one doesn't have a date like six on it. years old now. Yeah, about a little over probably. Twenty seventeen, I think, came out. Come on, Google! Don't be giving me six-year-old things. Hmm? Bit Nile Holdings. I've heard of them. I've contacted them a couple of times. Yeah, they're in Dow Jack. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michigan's economy sucks, and <laughs> so does all their infrastructure. Like every time I go to a different place in the world, I'm just like, whoa. Michigan's like broken down and busted. Like, how are we so <laughs> far behind right now? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, as long as if we could have like an electrical infrastructure or something like that being set up and upgraded due to mining, I don't think I'd have a problem with it as long as, like I said, we can keep the lines out of the lakes. Um, interesting. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, one thing that we forgot to do at the top of the episode was announce the prices. Bitcoin sitting at 17000 Oh, we uh, didn't do the intro either. Ethereum was 12055 12, right. 1255 I wish it was 12000 <laughs> say, that, say that again. <laughs> 1255 Yeah. Chris, is there any cool. news? Um, consensus. Consensus. Play the news intro. Restart. Restart. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, that's the intro, intro. All right, here comes the news. Talking on Channel 5, because there's Kirk Wamba with the news on Crypto News Channel. And you're live. Action. All right, so consensus to update MetaMask crypto wallet in response to privacy. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with MetaMask. Um, you know, they're a wallet service and they uh they had some backlash on their privacy uh they were leaking private or private data um and they were also freezing metamask accounts during the canadian trucker convoy and so you know being in crypto everybody wants you to be decentralized doesn't want you to be controlled and so they're uh yeah it's a big thing today. They're updating their settings. So logging into my MetaMask right now. Hopefully they'll be a little more transparent about their goals uh, moving forward. Because a lot of people trusted them. So I trusted them. I trusted them. I have an account as well. Had. Mm -hmm. So I need to get my yeah, letter in here ASAP, bro. Yes, you do. I'm pretty sure um, I lost some money on BlockFi, so that's uh, yeah, that's not fun. But rip. I was like two days late, or maybe one day. And it was. I, I think I was, we have some on there. I got like the pending message. I was like, oh, we're out. No. Yeah. Same. No. It's still. They they sent an email last week about like, you know, they're gonna work with their getting funding to see if people can get their money back, and they're like, our next court date is january 1st i was like or something like that i was like are you kidding i have to wait a month and a half to hear if i'm gonna get any of my money yeah wow so that's insane i'm just glad i 
moved everything or had most of my stuff on Coinbase. So I was just What's using up? like a little bit of interest from BlockFi. What's up with all these uh, people dying? The adult, what do you mean? I just keep seeing, I keep sending them to Alex, but I just keep seeing like yeah. random news articles from different sources like blank, Bitcoin guru or blank. always in Russia. The ones you yeah. said it's like, Russian oh, influencer. mysterious death. Russian tech technology. I saw dead one two days one after day. blank. I saw one that it was on Twitter last week that died. Um, what was it? I was going to look it up too because I remembered it last episode. Um, he was like on vacation or in the Bahamas or something. And he's like, he started throwing. Uh, people under the bus pretty much like talking about uh, the trafficking ring and all this stuff oh, no. he's like um, if I die blah 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 and he was found like oh, uh, no. on a blown up yacht or something like that Jeez, like God, crazy movie, movie stuff you have everything <laughs> you have a yacht and you just get blown up on it it's like dude come oh, on God. could you just like not done that and just been like <laughs> chilling yeah. yeah retire from the game because I think, yeah. yeah, he knew people who were tied into the ring. Um, and was What's like, this ring of? Them. Well, like the Epstein ring and all the Hollywood people. Yeah, good luck with that, bro. Good That's luck trying to get that exposed. You see Elon um, releasing like the Twitter files and stuff? No. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about that? Mm-mm. Yeah, a little so, bit. So like Twitter has this whole thing about like who they're going to censor, like uh, what they're going to do, blah, 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 before the 2020 election and like, and throughout now too. And he's releasing all of those documents and emails. <laughs> and uh, he went on a podcast and was like, if I die, like, I heard that I didn't kill myself, literally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, geez, now we have to Elon worry about should, Elon too. Elon should get a real gun next to his bed instead of that little replica anime gun that he posted that everybody was like, oh, no, yeah, Elon. Yeah, I Dude, I hope he has, like, incredible security. He's got security, yeah. Yeah, it's like, freaking Elon like, Musk, dude. He's changing, probably got clones. Right? He's, like, yeah. changing the course Robots. of our entire life. He's got Tesla cars auto-controlling or two perimeter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone gets too close, he just like boop, 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 and like uh, cars start honking start, at him. No, just start crashing in. Like all the yeah. Teslas, like, oh no, my car, where is it going? The closest Tesla around me will sacrifice itself. Sorry about the yeah. person inside the car. Yeah, he's he's thought it out. He's got some exit plans. Oh yeah. Mm, okay, there was uh, some other things that too I saw on my favorite Instagram account about some of the current events that were going on. Um, let me pull those up. Oh yeah. Everybody, Alex, like you said in the last podcast, um, for, uh, the SBF guy, like is being so nice to him. And I saw, I keep seeing memes where it's like, what did you do? I'm sorry. And then like, who was it? It's like, all right guys, we said he's sorry. So we're going to, we're going next to some makeup tips. Who is that lawyer that uh, just got indicted for 40 years for $10 million? Avanti. Yeah, that yeah. guy. And I read that and I was like, huh, 40 years for $10 million. That's a little crazy because I'm pretty sure that other guy did yeah. a lot more money than that. Holy crap. For yeah. $10 million, that's it? I think yeah. it was 14 years. 14 years. Four, maybe. What was it, Michael? What? Avanti. Avenatti. 
That looks. There had to be yeah, something. It might, no, yeah, it was 14 years, not 40. Yeah. Sorry, total. What, what, that's um, still a lot, bro. He's old. Like I think there was like extortion or blackmail. Oh, so he did other stuff. Yeah, like it, it was a several things. I think crime because right? yeah. I think his thing, all his sentences like serve concurrently. Mm. I don't know why I know so much about this. When I, <laughs> I think yeah, I just read this, it yesterday. This um, meme right here it says Sam Bankman Freed is a great guy who made a simple oopsie while trying to save the world. Yeah. yeah. If anyone wants like an actual good interview, and I'm, did anyone see like the what was it Coffeezilla Mm-mm. on YouTube? So basically, Sam Bingham-Fried, what I think he's doing is he's going on this parade of uh, publicity stunts to like come off as oblivious or ignorant, so that it'll bode better for him in court. In court, <laughs> and so he did this Twitter Spaces with somebody, and there was like a, they bait and switched him, and they're like, okay, we're gonna hand it over to this Coffeezilla guy, and the coffee guy just roasted him and asked him all the questions that people should be asking him because mm. like his thing has been like oh i don't know I- i've been very busy so it's hard to be in the details yeah and the guy was just like well yeah i get you're busy but like the things we're questioning are to the actual infrastructure of your company that you built like on, on like the foundation of how you operate so how can you not know the details of that and then of course he's like well i, d- I don't know and uh, it's just yeah, Maybe more I, like that. So these puff pieces, like they've been out there before. Elon yeah, was so saying like, that he thinks that he donated mm-hmm. over a billion uh, to the Democratic Party. And I think that could be why he's not oh, being. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a circus. Not, not to get like too Rested overly political anything. on like who's who's doing what, but at the same time, like this right here, it says you know they're give, they're bringing up examples, and this was posted. Um, November 18th, 2022, before the FTX collapse, this is the Washington Post, before the FTX collapse, founder poured millions into pandemic prevention. His plans to save the world went down in flames. And then you come to the next one and it says, Queen Caroline, the risk-loving 29-year-old embroiled in the FTX case. CEO Caroline Lyson, or whatever her name is, is a math whiz who loves Harry Potter and taking big risks. She's also one of the supporting players in the SBF an FTX catastrophe and the new darling of the alt-right. That was Forbes. Then the next one is um, um, when SBF's crypto, this is Wall Street Journal markets, when SBF's crypto empire went down in flames, so did his plans to save the world. And then Vice, Sam Bankman-Fried is trying to find the guy who did this to his company. That's literally the headline of the Vice What is going on? And then FTX (laughs) was not a crime. Or hold on. FTS collapse was a crime, not an accident. And this is like the only one that seems like it's, that's the guy who, who's from Facebook. Um, yeah, it's pretty. And that's, Although that's he, what I said. That's why I said like the Sam Bankman Fried is a great guy who's made a simple oopsie while trying to save the world. It's like all the major news outlets, like all saying the same thing. George, George Stefan. Does that surprise you actually? No, it does not. Like it, it everything is stuff. owned by the same group, so like they're just yeah. gonna push the same narrative no matter what. It's it's yeah. shocking how I guess blatant how how blatantly like puffy these pieces are. Yeah. It's just... but like everybody's so indoctrinated into the system and they're just staring at their TikTok for yeah nine hours a day. They don't <sighs> Chris, I sent you 
the link to that whole entire thing if you wanted to look at it yourself. Oh, yeah. I sent it to Definitely. you, Al, on Instagram. But yeah, yeah um, I think it's interesting because like it makes me lose faith in what I like about Bitcoin and stuff like being decentralized in the first place because it's like, what's the point of a decentralized crypto at all if, you know, now you have uh, market manipulation and then just people like being able to do that. And then on top of that, like major news outlets coming forward and being able to choose sides and, and change spotlight directions. It's like, come on, bro. Mm-hmm. What yeah. happened? This fallout is definitely not good uh, mm-hmm. for the view of the market. That's for sure. Are any of you guys um, familiar with Lex Friedman? Yeah, you brought we that up last time. Yeah, that was, that was last time when he was talking about with Kanye, but he just recently did a podcast with uh um i don't remember his name but it was the fbi agent who busted and was following ross ulrich um the founder of the silk road oh man Mm -hmm. and he went in like a step-by-step detail to how they found him it was it was so funny because they were tracking this guy for years and years and couldn't figure out what was going on. And he's also the guy who like is single handedly bringing down anonymous hackers one by one because he runs like cybersecurity for the FBI and he's like the head division. But he talked about how one day one of his people that was on his team just got so fed up and they were like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just gonna Google this guy because they had like they didn't know his name. They had a, a a location about where he might be regionally based on the clock that his IP address was set to. So, like, they knew that he was somewhere on the West Coast in that time zone, but they didn't know where. And that was all they had was a username and a time zone. And everybody was like, well, shouldn't he, couldn't he have just changed the time zone? And they were like, that's what we originally thought. But, like, the farther we got into it, we realized that he was not, like, a computer guru. Like, there are a lot of little sloppy things that he did. And so then eventually what happened is is the guy who, who was on the FBI team was so frustrated that he was just like, I'm at wit's end. I'm just going to start Googling this. So he started Googling the username that was, like, the guy who was running the Silk Road. And then he found a thread, like, 20 minutes later. And there was a thread on um, a forum, like a Bitcoin forum years ago and it was like posted like six years before that happened and it was just still there and it was like hey everybody needing some help setting up uh, a crypto wallet blah 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 blah, <laughs> yeah. blah if anybody has any answers or can help me email me at gmail ross ulrich at gmail.com so then it was the same username and then they had his name and they were like what the fuck like we just found yeah. this like that so then they then they went and found his IP address because they're the FBI, and then they were in the exact same time zone, and then that was enough to get him a warrant. And then they just completely raided him. Yeah, they waited. Wow. So I read a, I read a American Kingpin, which is this story about it, and um, they waited for him. They had to have his computer open and have him logged into Silk Road so that they, because there'd be no way for them to like decipher it. Because it would time um, out. Programs would shut yeah. down automatically if he was away from it for too long. Yeah. So they waited for him. He would go to this coffee shop and do work. So he waited for him to go to this coffee shop, open up his computer, sign in, and had somebody send him a message. And once he got a message back, they stormed him in the co- in the 
in the cafe and like pulled his computer away so he couldn't log out. And then that's and they're like moving they... the mouse so like it doesn't yeah, yeah, shut like, down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't go to go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the FBI's yeah. like, "What's the password?" He's like, ah. "Yeah." <laughs> Ugh. And that's uh yeah that's how that it all went down. But yeah, really yeah. good book called American Kingpin. It's all it, the whole Ross Ulrich story. Ulrich. It brings up a bunch of different questions too about um like what happens to all that coin now the government has it. What are the benefits? They the auctioned downsides? it off. What? Yeah. At one really? point in time, that was price? like a, uh potentially. They I just give it to their buddies. Yeah, uh, the FBI used to be like the largest holder of Bitcoin in like the world from all like the seizures and hmm. yeah. Wow. Fun fact. That's crazy. <laughs> they gave it to Pelosi. Yeah, they auctioned it off. <laughs> yeah, really. Her husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think you know we're at an hour and twenty. We had like Whoa. a small hiccup in between, but I think we're good. I think there was a lot of information. Um. You know, if anybody has any questions, you can, you can email us at cryptocronies at gmail.com. All that stuff is on Spotify. We should be on Apple Music here. I just resubmitted us. Um, so if you can't hear us on Apple Music now, hopefully you can by the end of the week. Um, other than that, you know who we are and where to find us. So does anybody else have anything to say? Nope. Be sure to like and subscribe. Smash that like button, dude. And then maybe one day you can play Call of Duty with us and we'll stream on Twitch and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just, just kidding. No, you can't. Okay. Bye, everybody. Hey, gang. Bye.